you're listening to B2B Revenue Acceleration, a podcast dedicated to helping software executives stay on the cutting edge of sales and marketing in their industry. Let's get into the show. Hi, welcome to B2B Revenue Acceleration. My name is Aurélien Mottier, and I'm here today with Tom Grubb from Digital Pie. How are you doing today, Tom? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. No problem at all. So our discussion today, Tom, is about driving growth by aligning sales and marketing metrics. Before we get into the conversation, before we get into the detail, can you please tell us a little bit more about yourself, your role, and, and also your company, Digital Pie? Sure. So as, um, as Chief Strategy Officer at Digital Pie, I guess in simple terms, you could say my role really centers on uh, helping companies do great things with marketing technologies. I mean, that's really the end game. In practice, what that means is it's really getting decision makers to think first about the business objectives and the outcomes that they want from their investment. It's easy to get distracted with the technology and not really think about what you're trying to do. I've seen too many companies really go down that path of thinking too much about the technology without a clear definition of what they're doing. So my role is really to insert in a company and look around and ask a lot of questions and try to understand what do you got and what are you trying to do? And as far as my background, I'm, I'm very well suited to this because I have a, a background that crosses technology, marketing leadership, and product marketing. So I can see the big picture right on down into the weeds of, of being in the technology. I mean, I'm in using these technologies. I don't just, just talk about it. And there's no way that I could do what I do if I didn't spend a lot of time in the products and, and working with them. I feel lucky to do what I do. I really like it. I work with some of the best minds in the business, both on the client side and with the folks that are in our company. And uh, the last word is our company, Digital Pie. We've been around for about six years. I've been on board for most of that time. And we're doing quite well. We're doing something right. We just got named to the Inc. 5000 fastest growing private companies list. Well, thanks for the introduction, Tom. That's, that's very useful. So as part of the topic today, we know that the, the lack of, of sales and marketing alignment is not a new topic in the industry, and it can be attributed to many different things. But the one I really want to discuss with you today is around metrics and KPIs. Do you believe that sales and marketing results should be, re- should be measured by the same metrics to encourage alignment between the teams? Or if yes, what would be useful to understand is what do you think the metric that should be used or what do you think this metric should be? That's a good question. So I guess I would start from the, the point of view that, you know, sales and market alignment is an old topic. And, you know, some, many people have probably called out a, a lifetime achievement award if you can actually pull it off and sustain it. I have seen firsthand that the keys to the universe for alignment really are metrics. And it isn't just sales and marketing. I mean, if you think about it, an entire business is supposed to be about delivering results. And if you can't measure those results, you know, what, what are you doing? It's just that sales and marketing are, are really, you know, one of the linchpins, right? That's the engine of, of growth. And so, you know, to me, it's, it's absolutely fundamental that you get these analytics right and into their rightful place for this to occur. Yeah, I absolutely know for a fact that these analytics are, are the key. Sure. And so, which ones? Interestingly, I would say that the, the best metrics are the ones that sales and marketing executives all the way up to the CEO actually agree on, understand, and stick with. So in other words, it matters less like which metrics you choose, but it matters much more that everyone believes in them, they act on them, they, they have a constructive dialogue around them. 
So it matters most that you get to that point, then, then which exactly, which metrics you choose. Okay. So is it really about those, the different functions, sales, marketing, management, almost taking responsibility in what they will achieve or agreeing on what they will achieve, but looking at the numbers of, of that sort of engagement, that end check saying, okay, this is my part of the process. Is that, is that what you are saying? It is. And I can give you an example that's fresh on my mind. Take a company that has been growing and moving in the traditional model of I have to go engage people, individuals, and have to convert those individuals into, you know, dollars by way yeah. of engaging them. I, mean, I got to go get people and I got to go make them you know, do things that move them further through the funnel. That's the traditional model. But then a company, I'm thinking of a couple in particular, they come to the point where they have a large deal size and they, they realize that it's more about engaging the account level. Well, that's a, that's a very different way of looking at the world. And you can't just throw away the old view and start with a new one. You, in that case, you have to both continue to engage people's individuals Let's face it, salespeople don't talk to accounts. They talk to people who belong to accounts. And so if you think about it, these companies have to stop and recognize that they need to recalibrate how they talk about marketing. And I've seen this play out, this exact scenario, where the company suddenly goes from the executives say, I want to understand attribution. And the marketing team goes off and they instruct the world around attribution, revenue attribution model. And yeah. then the business moves forward and they, they come back and they're like, well, that was good, but now you need to tell us how you're engaging your account level. So regardless, they have to move together down that path to be able to talk about the business and the results the same way. Absolutely. Well, I'm, 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 I do completely agree with you. Actually, we, we, what we tend to see ourselves in the market, we, we tend to see that we, we kind of come as the glue between sales and marketing. That may be a little bit of a metaphor here, but the, the, that's kind of who we are. We, we, we come and bridge that gap between sales and marketing. And often the dollars come from marketing. However, most of our interaction on a daily basis will be with the sales team. And mm -hmm. what we've realized, we realize that it, it's really important at the, at the early stage of the conversation or, or before you even start working on a specific project or whatever the type of project or whatever the, 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 the end goal is, to actually get sales and marketing in the same room and just tell them what, what we are about to do or the ideas that we've got, the responsibility that we will take in the process, the responsibility that marketing will take, that sales will take. And if everybody agrees, you almost have that sort of, um, I would almost call it like an SLA, where there is an agreement of what we are doing and you can document it and, and, and always go back to it. But I think for us, it's, it's really important because often what we, we, we could see or what we have seen in the past is we get an engagement with the marketing team who have the dollars and then we end up delivering something for the sales team that is not really what they want. So you end up having difficulties in actually proving your value because you've got, I guess, a, a receiver that may not be too inclined or not fully happy to engage with you. So, so I, I completely agree with, with what you're saying. And I, and I think it's, it's extremely important to have this discussion early on and, and at the outset of any programs uh, to make sure that everybody's on the same wavelength and everybody is trying to achieve the same goals, as well as understand very clearly what their role responsibilities are in achieving that, that common goal. So that that's makes sense to me. In your recent article about, about marketing at analytics, 
you mentioned that the view from the top of the organization, so I believe you mentioned CEO, board of directors, etc., is often that sales, and I'm quoting you here, sales drives revenue and marketing drives up cost. Okay, so that's quite a bold statement. <laughs> and I will be honest with you, a statement that I've used myself in the past. Maybe not in that term, but that's you know that's the reason why it makes me it makes me smile because I think you 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 kind of get it spot on in terms of uh, in terms of what people think. But what I would like to understand better is your point of view on what do you believe marketing professional should or, or, or can do to change that scenario and, and avoid being seen as a as a cost center, but more being seen as an investment. Yeah, that's a really good question. So. I'm going to let me kind of reflect for a moment on the bold statement that I made in that article. You know, it really is about, it's really speaking to the spirit of the relationship that I've seen. I mean, as a, as a VP of marketing CMO for many years, you know, I've been in the room and I've been in that position of, you know, what have you done for me lately? And it's coming, it's coming from a place of, I'm giving you all this money and what am I getting for it? Fair question. So that statement is really a reflection of the reality for marketers that they are on the hook to explain and really defend and I picked that word defend on purpose, their marketing results. And this is the root of the problem. The reality is that that position of coming to the table is in a defensive position, really sets everything off on an unhealthy dialogue that, that really centers on, on marketers. They end up thinking first about how, how am I going to defend myself? You know, and, and instead of thinking, how am I going to go and, and win market share today? And I see this all the time. And I don't, I don't blame the marketers for getting into this position. It happens. So Every day is a new day to figure out how to, how to keep your job and, and present data that, that makes that case. But it comes at a huge cost because think of the time and energy and effort that a person or team spend on solving that problem instead of solving the problem of I'm going to go just kick butt in the market. And so what, what do you do? You know, this whole conversation is really centered on this problem. Face it, uh, there, there is no bigger room in the world than room for improvement when it comes to marketing, which is an, an interesting statement. When you get down to it, going back to how does this conversation get off on the wrong footing, the smart CEOs, they want to know that their marketing team has the people and the process and the technology to always understand what works and what doesn't so they can always do better. In other words, instead of demanding that the marketing team come to the table and show me what you've done and defend your position you know, every day in every way, that, that will happen naturally if they come at it and say, just show me that you have a method and a process that I understand and believe in to constantly be testing and doing better. Because if they do that, the end result will take care of itself because they'll, they'll use the data and the information to just always do better. So to me, it still comes down to, it's a, it's a mind shift at the top. It really, at some point, the executives need to sit down and have a pretty direct conversation about what do you really want from marketing, right? Marketing generally doesn't create revenue. Marketing gets people and engages them to the point where some of those people go on to become revenue. It's, it's really a fundamental, basic conversation about marketing's role, how to talk about marketing, and how we're going to understand marketing to always be doing better. And what does that look like? Yeah. And, and do you feel that there is a, that, that, that problem of perception is coming from um, impatience? Because, you know, from my perspective, and and as I said to you, you know, sales drive revenue, marketing drive drive up cost. We 
is something that may have may have come out of my mouth a couple of times or, or something that was came through my mind a, a few times in the past and you know I can't you know, I'm guilty of that. Um and I think for me from from my perspective it was it was maybe around impatience of seeing results or impatience of seeing this engagement. And I'm glad that I'm, I've been working with, with, with a marketing team that has been dealing with me, managing me in, in managing that impatience up to the point where actually I can start, you know, and, and almost educate myself about, okay, this is the way it's working. This is what, what we are getting. Okay, now I get it. Now people are speaking about us. Now when we're engaging, you know, we, we went to an event. So that's, that's probably one of the best examples that, that I can give you about the, the results of marketing from my perspective. We went to an event in May this year, so a few months back, and we sat down. And I was with with my uh, with my marketing manager at the time. We sat down with three prospects. Two of them were CEOs of their companies, and obviously we we wanted to speak about operatics. And the first statements that both of them made, and and I will rephrase a little bit, but basically they told us, "Whoa, we've heard so many good stuff about you." We have had so many people talking to us in a positive way about you that we don't really, we don't really have an issue about what you do as a business and, and the quality of your services. The issue we've got is, can we afford your services? Mm. For me, that was the moment where I realized I was like, wow, okay, that's two out of three. That's, you know, 66% run rate this morning of people who are basically talking about a brand. And we never really had that before, uh, or I never really felt that way before. And that's, and that's why you just, and, and you know, those, that's one example. But there is much more of those things that have happened to me or conversations that have happened. But I guess for me, it was really the impatience. So would you put that in the same category? Would you put it in impatience? Or is it, is it the fact that you've got CEOs that have a bit more of a financial view on things? Or what would you attribute that, that sort of mindset to? Yeah, so it's a really good point. Impatience is, um, you know, what's the root of impatience is a lack of, of clarity and understanding or expectations that are set. And so, you know, the more that marketing can talk about and, and help the CEO and executives really start to understand this stuff, I mean, you're kind of dancing in an area that there is a point at which the executives have to understand at a deeper level what marketing is and what it's about. You know, marketing people do marketing because that's a skill and, and a domain that they're good at. And where a lot of marketers fail is they're not very good at having a plan and deliberate actions to help the executives really understand this stuff and be open and honest and, and clear about it. So if they're yeah. impatient, it, it means either their expectations were never set, you know, or somebody's missed out trying to get them to really, you know, see clearly what they're trying to do. So it's an event, you know, have you set clear goals and what your outcomes are, and people understand that before you do it. It's it's true of all that. So to me, when I hear impatience. It's a lack of time and commitment to get people to the table to understand you know, what should they expect coming out the back end of it. Sure. I guess on the same topic, do you see things progressing for marketers? Do you see it's getting better or it's getting worse? I guess to my point is, well, the question that I'm trying to ask you is, do you see that CEO are over time evolving towards embracing more of the investment that they're making into marketing? Or do you think it's a regression over time? I mean, the answer is, of course, a lot of these, it depends on, on who you're talking about on a case-by-case basis. If you, if you try to trend it, I think a couple of things that are happening that, that have to be raised here on this point 
One is just the sheer massive technologies uh, that are available, right? And the conversation is turning more and more as CEOs, especially in the tech business, you know, think about these technologies and talk about them and certain expectations like, why are you doing this and why don't you have that? So that's crept into the conversation, right? It's now the technology part of the conversation has gotten much heavier. And so that's changed things. On the other hand, the other piece that's come into the picture is, is attribution. Right? A few years ago, people didn't really talk about attribution, and now it's something that's you know, pretty well understood and talked about in a lot of different ways. And so these, these things have crept into the conversation where it used to be, you know, how many new names did you get, did you get today? It's more about, you know, they're more open and more capable at this exact level of talking about technologies and talking about engagement and talking about attribution. So that is something that's changed. What isn't changing fast enough is a deliberate process or method, whatever you want to call it, for all parties to agree on to what, what are these things going to be and what is the plan to, to get to ROI from these things and what does ROI look like. So it depends. I see some CEOs and some companies where it's a healthy, productive conversation, doing all the right things. I see others that are far, far away and there's a massive disconnect. So it, it really depends. You almost, you almost feel that this is something that for all the marketers that are listening to us today, it's, it's something that you should be mindful during the interview process. Make sure that you, you, you meet with the top and, and make sure that you kind of discuss what would be the, what, what success means, I guess, in a way. Um, very much so. I mean, very much so. And, and I would add the question in my pockets, like, how do you measure marketing? And listen to the answer and then see how open they are to maybe if they're off course to rethink it. Yeah, absolutely. So um, my last point with you uh, today, Tom, would be around marketing automation tools. There are many tools in the market that are great to help marketing, sales team, to keep tra- track of metric, to make them more productive, to drive results. But it's probably quite easy, as you mentioned actually early on in the conversation, uh, to fall under the spell of vendors showing beautiful charts, graphs, with the promise that you can, uh, you, you can achieve the same in your organization. So we speak about the technology stack and the beautiful, uh, the beautiful statement that they are making if everything sings, dance, etc., etc. What do you believe is key for companies to look at when they are choosing their, their tools to measure their performance? Yeah, even the way that that question is phrased makes me think a little bit. So that kind of puts the tools at the center of the conversation. And really what you want is people to be thinking about, you know, what's the business problem you're trying to solve? So, you know, from where I sit, you know, I get my hands into all these technologies because all these companies we serve, um, you know, they get many, many of them. And what you realize that today is that the affordability and the breadth of the technology available to the marketer is just staggering. It's staggering. And, and even a small to medium-sized company can get these tools that are so sophisticated and they can, if they're good and they're smart, they can engage markets at global scale, even a small company, and they can outrun a big company. Right? They're more agile. So the affordability and the availability and the sophistication of these tools is, has changed the game dramatically. But as you said, there's a lot of them. So here's, here's what happens. Companies of any size, big or small, can literally gorge on this stuff to an excess, to the point where they're almost choking on it. MarTech can really dazzle 
but it can also overwhelm. And so what's underneath this is, and I alluded to it earlier on, is that the big mistake is, you know, you don't go out and shopping for technology without a plan that covers resources, requirements, timeline, benefits, and kind of back to the question you asked earlier. It's like, well, what are, you know, why are people in a hurry to get to results? You know, these technologies aren't necessarily easy to build upon. Yeah. So, yeah, as you said, we live in the era of, of marketing stats, kind of a mashup of these technologies that are supposed to all work together for a greater purpose. And as I said, these technologies are ridiculously good. I mean, most of them are, are, are unbelievably good. And so what does that mean? It means that now more than ever, you need smart people on a plan to get to the value. And the challenge is that, you know, companies race off to buy technology and they don't have a plan. And I will tell you this, I, mean, I, I go back to technology for, for a long time. And in some ways, the same old problems that are around forever are still here. You know, technologies don't stand themselves up and they don't configure themselves and they don't deliver ROI without people doing something and having a plan. The Absolutely. worst thing you could do is go buy these tools and just think that I'm just going to turn it on and in an hour I'm going to get results. Quite the opposite. I'll give you one good example. So Marketo, that's a platform that we work in, is more and more becoming a collection of applications where they're kind of at the center of it. And then when you do that, you have all these applications and all these data that are passing across between one another. And that means there's APIs that are being called and, and back and forth and on it goes. You better be smart about how you're consuming APIs with all these applications being hooked up because the minute something goes down, everything yeah. can go down. And yeah. so the big point on this is eyes wide open. If you think that these technologies are, are simple, and some are simple, go load up Excel and even that, I suppose, could be complicated. Have a plan, know what you're getting and know why you're getting it and get alignment on that. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, quick, quick story that I would share with you from my side, my experience recently, and, and based on the response you just, you just, uh, you just provided. Yeah, um, I went to a meeting. It was actually not too far away from where you live. I was, I was in Redwood City, and I met with with a company, a great company, and they are client now. But I was surprised that probably their second question to me. So you know, we I like to question people first. So I went through all my questions to understand where they are at and what they do, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And I opened up to their question. And their second question to me was, "What's your technology stack?" And I was like, "Whoa, we've got a tech, we've got technologies, but we don't have a stack. It's not just a it's not just a stack that we use for every single client now based." on what you do, based on what you need, based on the type of prospect you want to go after, based on the type of marketing you are doing, based on the type of activity you want to do, and based on what you want to achieve, we, we can suggest a technology stack that will, again, and as you mentioned, the API thing is, is very important. It's something that can almost, almost click within what you've got already. Someone that will just fit. We need to find, the, it's like cogs. They need to work together. It's not just that we've got something fantastic running there and you just pull a database inside and it's just spitting uh, prospects or opportunities or deals. You you have to, as you said rightly, and I'm really, really a big advocate of that, you need to have people behind the machine. You still need to be able to qualify that, that individual. And I guess to my point that I was making to them is like, you could have the best technology stack and you could have the best technology. You will still need at some point a touch, a human touch at the end to do the further step in the qualification and, and bring that to the next steps. But I agree with you in the sense that, and, and as part of what you were 
you've been writing in, in your article that there is a, a big drive and people want to consume technology. It seems that they want, it's almost like bulimia. They want a lot of technology and having technology means that it's better. Having technology means that you are doing good stuff. And yes, there are great technologies, but technology should be there to improve the efficiency of individual. They should be there to provide more intelligence from our perspective and they should be used wisely. So I definitely share your, 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 your thoughts on, on the topic. Now, we always ask a question at the end of each of the, the podcast, Tom, and it's about how can we get hold of you? So some of our listeners may want to engage with you, either because they want to speak to someone at Digital Pie, or they may want to discuss with you directly, pick your brain up around some specific topic. And so what's the best way to get hold of you, Tom? So that's pretty easy for the company. Our website is um, digitalpie.com. That's P-I, all one word. And the same domain is my email. It's just my first name. So Tom at digitalpie.com. And um, I'm welcome any feedback or any questions uh, to engage on this topic. It's near and dear to my heart. And I've, I've really enjoyed speaking with you on this topic today. Well, it was great having you today. And thank you very much for sharing all the all the stories, your thoughts, your experience with us. I, I also had a great time. So uh, thank you very much for your time, Tom. Absolutely. Operatics has redefined the meaning of revenue generation for technology companies worldwide. While the traditional concepts of building and managing inside sales teams in-house has existed for many years, companies are struggling with a lack of focus, agility, and scale required in today's fast and complex world of enterprise technology sales. See how Operatics can help your company accelerate pipeline at operatics.net. You've been listening to B2B Revenue Acceleration. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.